Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. And so here you see the clip of a guy who was brought into court and is being uh, tried because he was mourning the death of his wife. And so the king says to the jury, what is your verdict? And the verdict is guilty. And so they're going to hang him until he cheers up. And it seems a little funny, but at the same time like a critique of society and of our culture. Because I believe that we live in a culture where sometimes there is no room or no space given to be able to mourn or to be discontent or to be unhappy. You know, we say things in our culture and we hear things like, you know what? Suck it up, buttercup, you know, if you're going through something. Or we hear things like, be strong, you know? Don't cry. Um, we hear people talking about these things, and we hear people saying things like, you know what, the situation you're going through is not worth a tear. It's not worth for you to cry. We hear things like, get over it when we're going through difficulty. We hear things like people saying, you know what, if that's happening to you, there's something better is on the horizon. We hear things like, you know what, if it didn't happen for you, then it wasn't meant to be. It's all right. Don't cry over that. Don't waste your tears on him. Or she's not worth crying over. Or that's no reason to cry. And this is the reality. That in our culture, we're not, giving, we're not given space and time to be able to mourn, to be unhappy about the losses that we experience in our lives, about the tragedies that we face, about the suffering and the pain that we experience. Everybody has to be happy. And if you're not happy, something is wrong with you. And the problem with this is not that it's just found in our culture. It's also found in our churches as well. Even the church has assumed this attitude based on the triumph of the resurrection. You see, I want you to listen to me this morning because we take the message of the resurrection for the here and the now. And we forget that the message of the resurrection is a message of a future hope. We will be resurrected. But you see, the thing is that we believe in Jesus' bodily resurrection. And we hope in the promise of our resurrection as well. But our resurrection hasn't happened yet. That's the truth and that's the reality. So when we come to Christ, listen, when we come to Christ, that's what happened to us. In a spiritual, spiritual sense, we were resurrected with Christ spiritually, but the reality is that our bodies don't change. 
the reality is that a lot of things in our attitudes and our way of being doesn't change. The moment we go into the waters of baptism and we come out, even though it symbolizes a spiritual resurrection with Christ, a death and a burial, a new creation coming to life, and we declare by faith that we are now new creations in Christ, the truth is that most of us go back to the same old life, acting the same old way, doing the same old things, and you look in the mirror and it's the same ugly face. all beautiful it's a joke but we look in the mirror after having received Jesus after having had an ex tremendous experience in the church after having fallen out in the spirit after having felt the burning of the Holy Ghost in us and we go back home and we go back to work and it's the same old thing why because it's a spiritual thing you see, the resurrection is a future hope. We will be raised one day like Christ, and we will be given a glorified body, but that is not now. Right now, we are in the process of being sanctified, transformed, renewed, and the total and full transformation will come when Jesus returns. But until then, the reality of our lives is that we are imperfect, sinners, fallen, living in the midst of suffering, trials, going through pain sickness, disease, evil, violence, injustice. That's the reality of our world. So we can't, like the skip, live in a pretend world as a church in this so-called happy valley far, far away from the reality of the sufferings of the world that we live in. We have to wake up and open up our eyes and realize that not everything is okay. The kingdom of God as well. Listen, I want you to know this. In its full dominion, power, majesty, righteousness, and justice will not be realized until Jesus returns. You see, when Jesus came, he initiated the coming of the kingdom, the start of the kingdom of God with its healing and with its deliverance and with its joy and with its happiness and with everything that comes with it. But listen, it was initiated, not completely established. We're still in the period of time where we're in the middle of where that started, but it still has to be completely fulfilled. And that fulfillment will not come until Jesus returns. So that's why in the Lord's Prayer it says, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The prayer is, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why is it a prayer? Because it's not the reality. God's kingdom is not fully established yet. So our cry 
And our prayer, our petition is, Lord, let it come because it's not here. hasn't fully come. So when we come to the Beatitudes, and in verse 4 we read, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We are confused because to us, the church is triumphant. It's victorious full of the gifts of the Spirit and of the fruit of the Spirit. We have joy. Don't we? We have peace. Don't we? We have victory. But listen, the reality is that in this world that is not completely realized. And so, the mourners that Jesus refers to right here in verse 4 are those who grieved over Israel's and their own exile. The people of God in the Old Testament, they were exiled, kicked out of their land, taken into bondage because they sinned against God. And since that time, 586 87 BC, the people of Israel have yet to find their way back home. They are still a people in exile. They are still a people without a land. They are still a people awaiting the return of their, or their coming of their Messiah. And so when Jesus refers to the ones that mourn as being blessed, he's referring to those people of God and of Israel who are grieving still. They are crying still because they are not home in their promised land. Because they've, they're in exile and have lost what God promised. You see, and not only are they grieving, these mourners are not only grieving over the exile of Israel, they're, they team up with others in their grief as a community. They recognize and they realize not everything is okay. We are not in our land. We are not in God's kingdom. And so these mourners, these people that cry, they long for Israel's return. They long for the restoration of the temple. They long for the favor of the Lord to return over them. Now we know that all these promises have been realized and they are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. But they are not fully realized yet. As the church of Jesus Christ, we also are the people of God. The true Israel, which are still in exile as well. The Bible tells us this world is not our home. The Bible tells us that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom that shall be established when our Lord returns. But meanwhile, we are living in a world that is not our own. We are 
Christians living in a world in exile away from a real place. So therefore, I submit to you this morning that when Jesus speaks of the mourners as those that are blessed, we have to recognize that he is talking about those that belong to this kingdom and are living in a world that is not their own in exile. Turn to somebody and just elbow them slightly, not too hard, and tell them, this is not our home. This is not our home. And we have to wake up to that reality, church. We are not at home. We are not in the kingdom. The United States of America is not God's kingdom. Yes, there are many blessings. Yes, there are many opportunities. Yes, there is freedom. But listen, this is not our home. And if we live like we are already resurrected with glorified bodies and like the kingdom of God is already established fully here on earth, then what's happening is that we're living in denial of reality. And I believe that that's what the church sometimes is doing. When we walk around and we look like that people, the people in that skid up happy valley, we have this happiness act established. Oh, you can't come in here and be sad. Everything is good. Jesus triumphed. He resurrected. So therefore, you got to pick yourself up, put your head up. There's no time for crying. Listen, if we live in that world where everything is okay, we live in denial of reality. We are like the happy valley. My question to you this morning is, is it possible that things are not right and we just don't see it? You see, in Matthew Chapter 25, let me see if I can move my notes here. Jesus referring to the time of Noah or the days of Noah, listen to what he says. Matthew verse chapter 24, starting in verse 36, he said, but about the day and hour no one knows. He's speaking of his return. No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, say with me, before the flood. The days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So I submit to you this morning. Is it possible for us to be acting like everything is okay when in reality things are not okay? You see, in the same way that it happened in the days of Noah, Jesus is now speaking of his second coming. And he's saying just like that, it will happen. I will come in a day 
when the people will be up and about their business, marrying, doing business, going about their life in a happy valley. And all of a sudden, Jesus will return. And they will know nothing about what was happening. And I submit to you this morning that I believe that we're living in the same days and the same times. A church that is in denial. Because if we open up our eyes, we will realize this one thing. That not all is well in our world. Not everything is okay in our world. Can I get an amen this morning? And so, two things that I believe that we need to do. So that we can be those blessed mourners that will be comforted. Number one, we need to acknowledge reality. Acknowledge reality. Say with me, all is not well. Turn to somebody and tell them, not everything is okay. I know that you're busy making plans about the future. I know that you're busy in your happiness and your joy, in your liberty and in your privileges, but not all is well in this world, in our churches and in our lives. We have to acknowledge that. Can we acknowledge that church? We have to acknowledge the wrong, the sin, the suffering, the pain, the injustice, the oppression, the lack of love, peace, and holiness. Can we just acknowledge it? Because that's where it starts. If we live in denial, we'll never be able to see the reality of our world, a broken world that we live in. Not everything is okay. And we have to acknowledge it. Turn to somebody and tell them, open up your eyes. Not everything is okay. But after we acknowledge it, the second thing that we need to do is respond correctly to the reality of what's happening. Listen, when we see the wrong and we acknowledge it, instead of denying it or ignoring it, we should properly respond. And what is that proper response? According to Matthew, it's called mourning. Crying, feeling devastated, broken by what's happening. You see, if somebody dies and you were to go out celebrating, if a loved one of yours would die, if someone, if a woman's husband would die, and you would see her the next day or that same night celebrating, getting ready to go out and enjoy herself. You would say that woman is. Something is wrong. Because joyfulness, happiness is not the correct response to tragedy. It's not the correct response to suffering. It's not the correct response to injustice. 
So when we see it in our world and as a church, we continue to unite on Sunday and just go along our business and praise the Lord like nothing is happening, like nothing is wrong. We are like that crazy lady in denial of what's happening in our world. And we need to wake up. That after we acknowledge the reality of pain and suffering in the world, we need to respond correctly. And can I tell you something this morning without offending anybody? That's not really an answer. I won't say it. The church seems to be in denial. And it bothers me when someone dies and Christians have a celebration. bothers me because even Paul in the Bible says hey, listen if someone dies cry but cry like someone that has hope he doesn't say celebrate enjoy it have a feast cry that's the correct response and when as Christians we go about like acting like the world is a happy valley like we are living in this cocoon far, far away from the reality. We are living in denial. And instead of looking like true believers, we look like crazy believers. See, it bothers me when the church is in denial. It bothers me when Christians say that we have to make church fun. See, that, that's what the goal is for many churches today. We have to make it fun to attract people. Church has to be fun. And it bothers me because they call it life-giving in some instances. Life ha church has to be life-giving, full of positive energy and a positive message. You see, this message that I'm preaching right now, you will not hear in the average church. And I'm not putting myself up and over other people and making myself to be righteous above others. But what I'm saying is that we are not living in reality. We have hidden ourselves in our caves and we're living far away in this valley of denial. Of the truth of the pain and the suffering that there is. And we come to church and we urge people and I've been part of that. I myself am guilty of saying it. We urge people to wipe their tears away and we just tell them, oh if you're going through something just praise the Lord. Oh don't worry about it because if you praise them everything will be alright. Praise them through your pain and you'll be okay. But no listen, praise is not the proper response to suffering. Not the proper response to pain, to oppression, to injustice and sin. In fact, can I tell you something this morning? That the Psalms, 40% of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Psalms of mourning. What do you do with those? They're not all praise. They're not all joy. In fact, we have a whole book in the Bible in the Old Testament called Lamentation. When was the last time you read that book? It's a book about crying. People believe it was written by the prophet Jeremiah, who is considered to be the weeping prophet. Believed to be in depression. But you see, depression doesn't have a place in our church today. Sadness doesn't have a place in our church. 
We don't give people the space and the time that they need to be able to mourn the losses and the suffering and the tragedies that they go through in life. And that's the reality of things. So I heard you today, church, and I challenge you to break out of the bubble. Burst the bubble of denial that you're living in and recognize the truth that we are living in a time of suffering and pain. That's why Psalm 137, the people of Israel who were exiled, taken out of their land, listen to me, don't lose me now, I'm about to finish. It says, listen to the Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon, they were exiled, taken from their country, Israel, to a foreign country, Babylon, as slaves, oppressed in a land that wasn't there. Their temple was destroyed, the center of their worship. Their community, their culture was destroyed. Everything that was dear to them, their religious center was stripped from them. They were not at home. And it says in Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, our instruments. For there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of those songs of Zion. But they responded and said, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? In other words, the proper response to tragedy, sin, corruption, and injustice is not to live in denial and go joyfully celebrating, praising, glory, hallelujah, oh, everything will be okay. No, the proper response is to cry. Hang up your praise. Put away your praise. see the suffering, when you see the poor being treated unjustly, when you see the black people treating unjustly, break out of your denial, church. And in response to all these things happening, when you see the masses being deported unjustly, being kept away from safe harbor, instead of us as a triumphant church living in denial saying, oh, well, that's what they get. You forgot who you were? Did you forget where you came from? Instead of acting indifferent towards suffering and pain and sin, we should weep and we should cry and we should pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bible says there's a time for everything under the heaven. There's a time to cry and a time to laugh. Can I tell you, church, living in an exile, living in a world that is not our own, this is not a time for laughing. 
is a time for crying. And wisdom is knowing when to cry and when to laugh. Now is a time for crying. This is my call to you this morning. It's a time for mourning. It's a time for repenting. It's a time for confessing. It's okay to not be okay. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them it's okay to not be okay. Why? Why? Because there is a promise that says, blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted. It's a promise. Can I tell somebody today who's going through suffering and pain and has looked around in this world and acknowledged the reality of the sin and the tragedy and the injustice and the brokenness and the oppression and has felt, man, something's not right. Can I tell you this morning that the proper response is to cry over that, to weep, and to ask the Lord, this is not my world. I know some, some of you are praying, God, delay your coming. There's so many things I want to do. But Jesus said, don't fall in love with the world or the things in this world because this is not your home. And instead of us desiring for Jesus to delay his coming, we should be praying fervently. Come, Jesus, come. Because when he comes, oppression will be done away with. Sin will be done away with. That's where our hope is at. And that's where our comfort will come from. That's why it's okay to cry. It's a proper response to mourn. When you see these things, to go and get on your knees, just cry. And can I just say something as a side note? I'm not telling you that it's not okay to enjoy the blessings, the prosperity, and the privileges that we have received. But don't go to the extreme where you forget the reality of where you're living and what's happening around you under our noses, right in our city, in our community. When we go to our nice apartments and houses and we have three square meals a day at least and snacks and whatever and we can go out and buy whatever we want. There are people in this city, 4,000, over 4,000 children living in poverty who their only square meal a day is when they go to school. On the weekends, who knows if they even eat. That's here in Palm Beach County. How can we as a church continue to act like everything is okay? How can we come on Sunday and just praise the Lord and sing triumphantly like we have already conquered? When there's so much suffering and pain and sin in the world. This is not the type of message you want to preach if you're trying to grow a church. So it, what I'm telling you this morning is it's okay to cry. You can come here 
you have no place else when you come in through those doors and you don't have to put a smile on your face if you don't feel like it. You don't have to act like everything is all right when it's not. If you're going through struggles in your own life, in your marriage, in your relationship with your children, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to acknowledge that and then cry over the suffering and the pain. Church, listen, not only do we need to do that, but we need to open up our eyes and see others who are suffering as well. We need to come out of our own shells, begin to look at the needs of others that are sitting next to us. How can we call ourselves a church, a community of believers, when others who are here with us on Sundays, sitting right next to us, are suffering? Bible tells us, listen, you know what we should do? Not only cry ourselves for all these things that are happening, but learn to cry with those that cry. This is not a time for celebration, for dancing and joy. It's okay to cry. Why? Because there is a promise. Those who mourn, suffering, join and empathize with those who are suffering they will be comforted that's the promise of Jesus and that's why I can cry with hope because I know that one day I will receive this comfort it's not a comfort where my back is stroked it's not a comfort with words that say Everything's going to be okay. It's a comfort that comes with the turning of tables. You were oppressed and now you're delivered. You were in poverty and now you're rich. It's a turning. The comfort of God is not just simply it's going to be all right. No, it's a turning of the tables. What Jesus is saying, listen, blessed are they that mourn and cry for the suffering and the pain and the sin that they experience and the sin and suffering they see in the world. Why? Because they will be comforted. In other words, the tables are going to be turned. Things will change one day. And that's the hope of the church. Not that everything is okay now. Not that we're living in the fullness of the kingdom now. Not that we are walking in sanctified and glorified bodies now. No. We're living in a broken world. Still broke as broken people in the midst of sin. And we need to acknowledge that and respond correctly to it, church. By crying. So that we can receive the comfort of the Lord one day that will come. And that's why here it is in Revelation chapter 21. Verse 4, this is the promise. Starting in verse 1, I'm just going to finish with this right now. Then I saw, listen, this is, our, this is why we can cry now, because we will be comforted, because it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, us, or the church. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them, future tense. 
They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and they are true. That is our promise. That's why it's okay to cry. That's why it's okay to mourn. I do now I cry with this hope of this promise that one day not now every tear will be wiped away yes one day we will be living in his kingdom and we will rejoice and we will dance and we will praise and we will celebrate and we can we can by faith but listen let's not lose focus that we also need to understand that this is a time of weeping and crying this is tension of crying with hope that's where we're living in and it's okay to do it because one day the tables will be turned and everything will be made new. Do you believe that? Stand to your feet. Can you just right there where you're at, just confess. If there are sins that you need to confess, this is the moment. If there are things going on in your life that you need to bring to God and cry over, do it now. It's okay. Bring it to God. Share it with others. Open up yourself and know that it's okay. Blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted. So we come before you today, Lord, and we just bring you everything we are and everything we have. And we come humbly acknowledging our brokenness and the brokenness of this world. And we pray one thing, Lord, overall. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bring healing, God. Bring healing so that when we do praise, it'll be as a result of us having properly mourned the losses and the suffering and gone through the process of healing so that when we open up our mouths and praise it will be authentic and genuine in your presence Lord help us we ask you this in the name of Jesus amen and amen we're going to go ahead and collect our offering right now in this moment if you have an offering or Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, 
take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.